0: even when we're filling the books, some officers are in the habit of just taking everybody who's overdue or coming due and they just fill it. You know, we utilize the unscheduled pie chart. We sort by the patients who need the most care Mm
1: -hmm. transfer,
0: that's dollars. But we look at the patients who need the most care and we try to make them a priority because we don't want it to get worse. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I get a patient in the chair who needs a little bit of work, Versus a patient in the the chair who's just coming in every six months because they have a coupon. I would rather take care of those who need it. And I might see one less patient a day, but I've got a schedule that is going to help feed the overall team. But more importantly, Steve, we got patients in the chair that are getting healthier.
1: This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry mean to you? i'm steve jensen a data dental nerd and your host this is the growth in dentistry podcast where we ask the question what does growth in dentistry mean to you my name is steve jensen your host and i am super excited about our episode today now before we jump into that a special thanks to our sponsor dental intelligence for helping us get this content out into the industry we are super grateful for them and as always For those that are new listeners and those that have listened before, if you've never checked out Dental Intel, they have a special offering where if you'll complete a demo, they'll give you 50 bucks. You just go to get.dentalintel.com slash podcast, and that link will be in the show notes. Now, let me tell you about our guest today. Kelly Schwartz from Schwartz Consulting. He founded Schwartz Consulting back in 1993, and I was only five years old. Now, I don't say that to make Kelly feel old. I say that so that everyone understands just how much experience he's had in this space. This is year 30. He's worked with over 800 dental practices and brings a wealth of knowledge. He told me uh, before we jumped into the podcast today, he's like, Steve, all I want to do is make sure that listeners get real meat and potatoes out of this conversation, and that is just our goal. So, Kelly, thank you for joining us today. I am super excited for our conversation.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure.
1: Now, tell yeah. us tell us a little bit about sports Consulting. Why, why did you guys get started? And then we'll jump in and, and have a fun conversation about metrics today.
0: So, I was working with another consulting firm out of Dallas uh, at that time. I was a young dental consultant, and I always considered myself the young guy in the in the game. Uh, my wife and I, uh, at the time, we were going away for a weekend uh, down to the Daytona 500. It was in February. Uh, she's like, Kelly, why are you putting up with some of this stuff with this group? Why don't we just start our own company? And that got the wheels rolling. So when we were down at the Daytona 500, we sat down, started making some notes, and uh, decided to take our life savings and start our company. Mm-hmm. So we... Had a non-compete in Texas. Moved to Michigan. Uh, hooked up with an old college buddy of mine, whose wife was a hygienist. And our first office was in Charlevoix, Michigan, with a Dr. John Merrill, um, who is now coincidentally in Charlotte as well. And uh, John was office number one. And uh, you know, since then, we've onboarded over eight hundred practices nationwide in Canada. And I, I think one of the things that make us, you know, kind of unique and, you know, you gave me credit for a lot of experiences, is that Anna and I are the only one in our firm that do the training. We go into every one of those 800 practices. So when I say 800 practices, I'm not talking lectures in general. I'm talking boots on the ground, Steve. You know, we've spent 2,450 nights at Marriott Hotels alone. Yeah, we're like top, top level, you know, secret ambassador elite, you know. <laughs> and we log some flight miles and we love what we do. We work with great teams throughout the country and just having a good time.
1: Man, I love that. I have uh, always been impressed with you guys and that element specifically, right? Like as you've grown your company, you and Anna have figured out how do we scale ourselves? It's just a struggle for a lot of people. So uh, I think even I'll just make this comment for those that are listening, I think that even speaks to some of what we're going to talk about today. Like Kelly is very interested in how, how can I gain efficiencies and do things in a way that will really help your business um, succeed. And you've done that with your own, which is really, really cool. So, you know, I,
0: I picked up a lot of our ideas, you know, a few years ago, when we first started working with dental Intel, the focus was on retention, 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 And at that time, our company focus was bringing on new clients, new clients. Mm -hmm. Well, when we added dental intel to our toolbox of tricks and things that can help practices. The light bulb went on. I was like, why am I not focusing on maintaining my existing clients more than my new clients? Mm -hmm. Just like we focus on keeping existing patients into our practice. So since then, now we have regular meetings with our clients that we're maintaining for years and years. I got... Clients that have been with me for close to 30 years,
1: mm-hmm. no I actually I want to dive into that retention one. why don't we just go there? So okay, um, part of this series i'm i'm I've been looking at doing this analysis of our consultants for a long time, and I really for our listeners want to understand like what are some of these nuggets that are leading to above average performance across the industry. So I've been looking at at our partners like Kelly to understand like where is, where is he exceptional? So today, let's talk about this. Let's start with this. So I want to talk about two numbers, and this will lead us down a rabbit hole, I'm sure. Uh, The first one is uh, pre-appointment percentage. So for all the listeners, pre-appointment percentage is of all your active patients, how many of them are scheduled to come back to your business, which is a really good number indicating retention, like how well are you retaining existing patients? The second one is the new patient reappointment percentage. So how well are you predicted to retain new patients? And Kelly's practices. All perform above average on those. On the new patient side, he's three percent above average, and on the hygiene uh, pre-appointment side, he is two points above average. So above average on both, which is hard to do across so many clients. Just so that everyone understands, those numbers may seem small, but when you take those numbers and times it by you know uh, a million patients, all of a sudden those numbers seem pretty big, right? So Kelly, one of the things that you and I have talked about, where you got kind of a controversial opinion here about. How we reappoint? Um, I've always been like this huge advocate and voice that we want everyone and their dog to get reappointed. We want everyone back in the business. But you uh, you pushed against the grain there a little bit, and that clearly has still had a great impact on some of these retention numbers. So why don't you share with the audience what that uh, what what your thoughts are on hygiene reappointment and reappointing everyone versus not?
0: So the so the question you have to ask yourself is why do you want everyone reappointed? And that's really old school. And it comes back to we would lose the patient if we don't get them to schedule. Well, yeah. with dental intel, that's not the case. Because when we have our unscheduled pie chart, all the people walked out without appointment. We have one of the dashboard numbers being, you know, who are the patients that came in today that didn't reappoint. So where I go against the grain is one, everybody who particularly if they have insurance, you know, they have two coupons a year to come back and get their teeth cleaned. They want to use those coupons. But Really, the practices that we work with really want to grow. So if you're in the chair, here's a common mistake I see. They go with the mentality that you just mentioned. Everybody leaves with an appointment. So the hygienist will say something like this. Hey, Steve, let's get you scheduled for your next appointment before you leave. And you you don't need any care. You haven't referred anybody. As a matter of fact, you cancel on a fair amount of times. So mm-hmm. the hygienist says, let's give you an appointment. And you as a patient even say, well, Kelly, I really don't know my schedule for, for now in six months, and the hygienist will say, well, Steve, let's get you an appointment, and if you need to cancel, give me a call. Well, what did the hygienist just do? Gave you permission to cancel, puts more pressure on the front desk. Instead, I've trained my teams to, in the morning huddle, we look at who are the patients who are coming in, who have a good history of showing up, and need additional care. Those are the patients we invite back. The patients who don't need care, don't refer, have high cancellation, I just simply say, hey, Steve, I see you've missed a few appointments in the past. No biggie. We just don't want to keep happening. Let me follow up. We'll send you a reminder, an online link with uh, local med to schedule. When it gets a little closer, make an appointment you know you can keep. So now I have a couple people who didn't schedule today, but everybody who did has a track record, which means they will show. The patients who have zero care needed and have a high priority to scheduling, When it gets two weeks out and I say, hey, Steve, it's time to come in, you're going to come in anyway, so I don't need to book you six months in advance. So I focus more on looking at patients who need care than just a full schedule because I can be busy, I can be productive, or I can be both, and we focus on being both. And so I would rather have four people scheduled next week and four openings to fill than eight patients on the book who don't need care. So when we're looking at all the patients coming in today, we got a great full schedule of eight patients and zero need care. That's a terrible day for me.
1: Mm. That's, so, a, that's a really
0: good point,
1: right? Like uh, our hygiene chairs are what ultimately fuel our restorative chairs, right? Now, yeah. as a business, there's two elements of this. One, which I think people want to hear and is important, is the clinical side of things. In order for our team to take the best clinical care of our patients, we need to prioritize folks who are in need of clinical care, right? right. Like, uh, and, oh, you were going to say something?
0: Well, no, I was going to say, like, even when we're filling the books, some offices are in the habit of just taking everybody who's overdue or coming due yeah. and they just fill it. You know, we utilize the unscheduled pie chart. We sort by the patients who need the most care hmm. transfer, that's dollars. But we look at the patients who need the most care and we try to make them a priority because we don't want it to get worse, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I get a patient in the chair who needs a little bit of work versus a patient in the chair who's just coming in every six months because they have a coupon, I would rather take care of those who need it. And I might see one less patient a day, but I've got a schedule that is going to help feed the overall team. But more importantly, Steve, we got patients in the chair that are getting healthier. So one of the numbers we measure in terms of effectiveness as well is the hygiene patients per hour using the provider pulse. And so we look for 0.85 patients per hour for a hygienist, which allows for one scaling and root planing per day or, you know, one patient or one new patient. We give an hour and a half for that. So basically we're looking to have seven out of eight hours filled with patients who need care for the doctor. So mm-hmm. we take a different approach and we don't, we don't want, we do not want everybody appointing. Otherwise. If I'm running uh, 16 days of hygiene per month, I can only see 768 patients per six months. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking at 768 patients and I've got 1,200 in my practice or double it if I'm more, you know, if all those patients are healthy, what are we going to do? You know, mm-hmm. The goal as a dentist is to have patients who are healthy and, and don't need treatment. The problem is we can never afford to hit that goal
1: because mm-hmm. if we
0: have day after day after day of healthy patients... We're not going to be able to, to run a successful business.
1: Now, let me throw a curveball at you. What if, what if I'm already struggling to keep the hygiene chairs full? Like I don't have enough active patients to adequately fuel my providers. In that scenario, would you suggest I still reappoint or we're, we're still being selective and I'm just scur- focusing on, a, on hiring a marketing agency that can help get me full fast?
0: Yeah, so both. I'm still not going to reappoint everybody if they have a history of canceling or no-showing. Yeah, and the idea there,
1: Kelly, if I if I'm hearing you right, is that yeah they're gonna they're gonna cancel or no show anyway. So why create all that extra work for my team when we can just use technology to follow up with them
0: anyway? Like that's that's ultimately what is going to happen. Um, I, I mean, it really surprised me that DI pushes pre appointment when you are the technology fix to yeah. not losing anyone. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you're right. If I'm a smaller practice, let's say I have a thousand patients, I have one full-time hygienist, 768 openings. Yes, I'm still going to look at the patients who have a good track record and I might reappoint more, but I would be investing in a really good marketing company. And I've got one that will help you get new patients in the door as well. So kind of leads to another number that we look at is what I call a positive 16. Have you heard that phrase? Steve? No. Yeah. No. Tell me this is, I'm excited about this. Positive 16. When we're looking at our new patients and recaptured patients, along with the patients that have gone inactive or, or uh, 18 months past due, we want to be a positive 16 every month. So if I'm going to lose 10 patients, I've got to get 26 patients in the front door. So what that does is allows us to continue to grow our hygiene by about one day per week every six months. So our practice is green and growing versus ripe and rotten. So Mm -hmm. when we're looking at our active patient counts, our hygiene patient counts, we make sure we're doing the combination. And do you know what, when a team is focused on refilling the schedule, you know what they take away from Steve? Creating Creating the patient experience. So when you walk in the door, I can give you a little extra TLC. When you're walking out, I can have a conversation with you. Make sure you're committed to your finance agreement. Make sure you're committed to your schedule. I make sure I create a champion patient who wants to refer instead of worrying about the next appointment because three people canceled because the hygiene told them they could because when they made their appointment six months ago. So we're about a total practice experience.
1: I love that. Now, I'm going to restate, I think, what we just talked about with a probably overused metaphor, but I think it fits, right? So as people, what I'm hearing Kelly, is as people think about the schedule, your suggestion is instead of just throwing all patients in the jar, so to speak, regardless of their size of opportunity or how much care they need, your suggestion is the classic, like let's put our rocks in first into the schedule, the people that have the biggest need for healthcare, and then let's fill in the smaller stuff afterward and as there's openings and if you do that then you'll both ensure that you're giving uh the best care to the patients who really need it and that you're also still i mean you clearly with this method are still able to retain patients So still have a high above average ability to retain patients but you're doing it in a much more thoughtful way and that will not only help your patients but that will also help you know the business side as well with your ability to produce and take care of your team
0: yeah i mean again if you have a day full of patients that's great but that also blocks out patients who need care or we could prevent care by getting to it sooner. So again, mm-hmm. one of the great tools DI provides is when you're looking at the patients that are not scheduled in the unscheduled, you know, pie chart as mm-hmm. I refer to it. We look for the patients that have care and we try to prioritize them first. We still invite everybody in, but if we've got more patients than we have time. Well, then the answer is let's grow our hygiene department mm-hmm. or it gives us a choice. If we're, you know, we, let's say we don't have any more room or we can't add hygiene, then we can look at dropping, you know, bad caring patients. We can look at bad insurance, a lot of different options we have when there's more demand than supply. Mm-hmm. Right. So that gives the doctors the chance to make good choices.
1: Yeah, I love that. Now, uh, for those that are listening, I'll just make one comment so that you can understand what Kelly's talking about. He's referenced. This recare pie chart a couple of times. What that what that is basically is we just have split up all of your patients that are unscheduled and said how long has it been since they visit? Has it been what a three months, uh, six to nine months? Yep. So he's, Kelly's going to show a visual here if you're uh, watching the video, and we'll show like how long it's been since they've been here, and then we'll also show which ones um, have been rescheduled. So this is great because then you can really get an idea of who these patients are. Kelly, it looks like you want to make a couple comments about it too.
0: No, I'm just I'm showing you know we showing. got a yeah, cool. mode, but instead of just going to everybody who's six months past due, we sort by hygiene past due. Bring and the biggest care, see. bring the biggest care to the top, and these are the I patients see. we're right. focused on. And you can see how many times they've been called, when we last called them. So the whole team can be involved in this process. And again, Steve, this is really about results. So, for example, when we look at this particular team. Who is really really awesome at uh follow-ups and getting people involved? Our hygiene schedule is full and productive, but when we do things the right way, you know, and, and focus on the patients needing the most care. Look what this team scheduled using hygiene demo wow. and recall in our systems last year in hygiene. A quarter
1: of a million dollars just in hygiene. Same
0: thing with unscheduled treatment. Look at this number.
1: Half you know, uh-huh.
0: so it's it's really about making sure you're focusing on those right patients. So it's not about cancellation and no-shows because we're still going to have them. But mm-hmm. why set ourselves up to fail by pushing everybody into appointment? And then when we've got enough people in our unscheduled pie chart, we got easy access You know, to be able to call them. We, we help teams with some dialogue. We help them with some sequence. And we utilize local med to send them links to make it easy. They can schedule 24-7. And I love that.
1: Now, let's let's talk about this. I want to... Kind of moving on you know you're you're really good at making sure you get the right patients scheduled you're focusing on ones that have um treatment still in the treatment plan and a hygiene now um one thing that i'll point out here and so we can go i think two directions with this one thing that is awesome is that your treatment acceptance percentage both same day is six percent above average average 29 percent of uh, production is happening same day uh, kelly's clients uh, overall are 35 percent or higher And then the treatment dollar acceptance. So the average dentist is presenting a thousand bucks. They're getting 400 accepted. And Kelly's clients on average are getting 450 accepted. So 45%. So you are good at getting treatment accepted and accepted means either scheduled or completed. So one direction we can go, Kelly is like, tell us a little bit of your, like your secret sauce. How do you get them to say yes? And then the second one would be like, what if you're trying to schedule these patients that have, outstanding treatment but they say no. Like what's the strategy to try to get them to come back? Cuz a lot of people leave the practice um not scheduling for a lot of different reasons and I'd be interested to hear, you know, what are, what are some of your thoughts on getting those folks back into the business?
0: So there's a couple things we do when we're coaching our clients, we spend a good deal of time discussing the overall patient experience and we we teach the team a little thing we call the total care interview which is how do we interview the patient in a way that helps them understand they need care? We're really big on using inter cameras. So, you know, seeing is believing. I can tell you have a problem. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if I show you and ask you, do you see this? It's another. So when we use the camera, I eliminate the two biggest obstacles to treatment. Do I really need it? How am I going to pay for it? So when I show you with the camera, you know, now I only got to figure out how to pay it. So, you know, when you, when you talk about statistics, and again, you know, this is one that we're most proud of. You know, of our practices, we had a 51% of the dollars are scheduled for every $1,000, 500 are getting on the books and 8.8 or 81% of our patients schedule at least phase one of treatment. So combined, our offices last year had a total production increase of over $24 million. So nice. we're, pretty, we're pretty excited about that. But here's, yeah, as, you, as you
1: should be, I don't know <laughs> if I really sink in with people, but that's, that, that's exceptional performance.
0: It it really is. And I'm really proud that our clients are in the top, probably 5% in the country. But here's what I think it comes down to. I go into your office, Steve. I'm not necessarily aware I have a problem, right? So Mm -hmm. our teams really educate and look. I mean, we go into the room as a hygienist, as an assistant with a purpose. We've reviewed our patient, their charts with the morning huddle. We see outstanding treatment. We talk to the doctor before the day starts. And like, what do you want me to focus on, doc? We make sure we use the inter-all camera, and we're dialoguing with the patient. We're we're taking the time to get to know you. Hey, Steve, how's the family? What you know? How's your running and your your Ironman training going? We we build a little bit of rapport and trust with that. We find out you know what concerns you have. What do you want to do about it? There's a whole process we go through. But if you think about it, the average treatment needed, like a crown. Do you know the average crown price in America right now? I I don't. I'm gonna say it's. I don't know for sure, but process. I
1: would. Yeah, I would have have guessed around, yeah, a thousand, twelve hundred bucks.
0: So so I don't know about your household, but Ann and I have a basic rule. We're not going to spend twelve hundred bucks on anything without consulting the other. So Mm -hmm. I present to you that you need treatment, and you're not going to say no, but you're going to say not yet. Yeah. So we need to have really good follow up. So when a patient walks out the door and doesn't schedule, we have a system, which is is
1: very common, right?
0: Yes. Oh, all the time. So we have, So again, we have a system to make sure that we follow up with those patients because Stanford University did a study about the number one reasons uh, customers don't come back and 68% of the people come, don't come back because they, they're indifferent or don't realize you care. So if I share with you, you need work and my team are so busy due to the short staffing or whatever the reasons are. I don't follow up with you timely that about the work we talked about. The patient thinks it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. So six months later, I come back in, I talk about it, or worse yet, six months later, I don't bring it up because I told you before, the patient doesn't think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that we're using follow-ups in the sense that we take a look at everybody who was presented treatment today. If they didn't schedule, we record why they didn't schedule and who they saw. Then we make sure we follow, we bring it to the morning huddle, doctor, here are the patients who didn't schedule and why, how do you want to follow up? And we have a little program for that with letters and phone calls and email and so forth. And what we find is the patient who said no last week has now had a chance to explain to their spouse or other that, hey, this is work that's needed, or they've had a chance to look at their finances and budget. So now we get them back in the door. So they walked out saying not yet instead of no. And we make sure we follow up, and again, part of our system is not to get you scheduled, Steve. Like we send a letter out right and and it, uh, hey, we know you didn't schedule, and here's what we're concerned. The purpose of that letter is not to get you to schedule. What do you think the purpose of the letter is? to let you know we care
1: yeah, the, to increase your point. going back to that that sixty eight percent right that, that right? They, they're not sure it's actually important, so that's like a letter is a pretty like big physical statement to be like, hey, this is. Yeah. This is a big deal. It's important enough for us to spend money to send this letter to you.
0: So you get a letter with an interall camera photo and says, Hey Steve, I know you're going out of town for this trip. Give us a call when you get back. Or Steve, mm-hmm. I know you're thinking about putting it off till next year, but you're I'm worried it'll break. Just want to let you know I care and I'm aware. So then once you get that letter, my team then call you. Hey Steve, did you get the letter? Not hey Steve, do you want to schedule that work? It's all about care, but you need their systems. And again, one of the great things I love, you know, with DI is the ability to see who those patients are in a quick and timely way. So when I'm looking at who are the patients who presented work this week, you know, they, they've had, we're early in the week. But when we're looking at this number of what was presented, what was accepted, and the patient amount, we're able to follow up quickly with those patients, identify who they are, and get them back in the door. So, mm-hmm. part of that key to having a great acceptance isn't necessarily what happens today. it is a factor, but it's mm-hmm. also that that follow up and then you know there's so many things that go into case acceptance It's not just talking to you about the treatment you need, it's creating that experience when you walk in, it's the friendliness and courteous of the staff it's presenting a financial option that helps a patient find a way to get it done, so it's a combination so we use those two numbers, case acceptance of patients and dollar amounts, as the indicator of, hey, something is broken, right? So if you're not at 50, 80 on those two percentages, we know there's something we have to dig in and figure it out.
1: I love that. In fact, for those that are, that are listening and not watching a video, Kelly actually shared, he just like pointed really quick to a stat where it showed the practice had presented, you know, 26,000. I don't remember the exact dollars accepted, which is like scheduled or completed, but the percentage was either 24 or 26%. Now what's really cool about what Kelly's sharing here is that kind of shows that immediately at the appointment not everything gets accepted. And so with this follow-up system that Kelly's discussing to make sure that patients don't slip through the cracks, that you're showing them that the treatment's important, that actually that number of acceptance actually doubles on average for Kelly's practices when you see that through over time. So the number he showed was, I think probably this last week. But if he were to look at that number for like last year, that number increases over time. So I just, I love to see Kelly that that system you're discussing in action. Um, that's that's super cool. Now we are, we're going to run up on time before, uh, before we realize it. Uh, one of the questions, Kelly, uh, that we always ask our listeners and our, sorry, our guests is what does growth in dentistry mean to you? And today we've discussed patient retention. We talked about how maybe not every uh, patient should be reappointed and that we should really think about our schedule as prioritizing uh, clinical need and opportunity for the business, you know, putting the rocks in first type of thing with a schedule. And you gave some really uh, great insights into uh, treatment acceptance as well, focusing on the patient experience making sure the patient understands that it's important. Um, I would love to hear, Kelly, kind of some of your last thoughts. What does growth in dentistry mean to you? And any last tidbits you want to share with our our audience today?
0: So growth in dentistry to me is taking care of our patients while making our practice healthy. So this is all of 22, Steve. Mm -hmm. 92% of the treatment plans we presented, 2285. 92% scheduled at least phase one.
1: That's insane.
0: Growth to us is patients getting healthier, which translate to by us providing more care, patients getting more healthier, we grow our production and provide jobs for our, our staff. We're mm-hmm. putting income in our pocket, income in our staff's pocket. So we're getting a healthier community. Our business is thriving through case acceptance and treatment. You know, and we're also being able to expand because again, our positive 16 with patients. We're able to grow our practice, take care of people. So growth is all about care.
1: Yeah, I love I love that response, and that's and it's the right response. Uh, yeah, it is I mean, it is all care.
0: If you if you add you know five hundred patients in a year to two in hygiene, you add five hundred to eight hundred patients to your all, overall practice if you have the room, or if you just take your small boutique practice and are getting patients healthier. Your your practice is getting healthier. I mean, it's all about you know Zig Ziglar helping up people get what they want; they'll help you get what you want. And Mm -hmm. I'm a big, big, big fan of that. And you know, DI really helps. You know, it's it's been an integral part of our business. We don't work with clients if they don't want to use DI because it's a report card of the overall systems. And so, if if you're monitoring your numbers and they're just numbers, but they do indicate how your team are conveying care converting care. It's not just Groundhog Day, show up, do dentistry, go home, show up, do dentistry, go home. You know, We like to brainstorm or mindstorm, as I like to call it, where we're coming up with ideas, how to get to that new level. So it's all about growth and growth starts from taking care of more people.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, Kelly, uh, for those that are listening, if you're interested in engaging with Schwartz Consulting, uh, what's the best way to contact you? I I assume that you know, Kelly. If if nothing's changed, you're always willing to do what we call a snapshot with practices, where you'll install DI on their on their practice management software, EagleSoft, Dentrix, Open Dental, and you'll do a review with them to really show them, like, hey, here's where things are going well in the business. Here's where things could be improved, and you you can talk to really how you could help the business grow uh is that something that you do if Absolutely. so like what's the best way for folks to get in contact with you so we'll can, add any of that in the show notes
0: yep so they can call me on at 704-307-3867 that is okay. our our number they could go on our website kellyschwartz.com s-c-h-w-a-r-t-z um and we can do a snapshot what we generally will do uh is do a snapshot. To show you the areas you're doing well, but areas you can improve or areas of opportunity. So we evaluate your growth. Do you have the right staffing? Um, How are you doing on case acceptance? We evaluate what are you working on? What are your systems? And we share ideas on how you can improve. We don't try to sell you on working with us. We're just showing you where we can utilize the tools of DI to help you grow, help you realize that you're either better than or not as good as. The, you know, of a practices you think you have, or at least areas you can improve on. And we usually take about an hour to do that on Zoom, and just walk you through, you know, what areas could we help you improve on? If that's an area of, of interest, we look at your new patient flow, we look at your website, if you'd like to see how that's attracting, we, we just help doctors get better in areas they want to get better. And there's not a one size fit all Steve, we have Small practices with one doctor, one hygienist, one front desk to multi locations. You know, I've got six offices in Houston all under, you know, the same team with 75 staff members. And so we've we've got it all. We've got fee for service boutique. We've got heavy, heavy Medicaid. You know, bottom line, you just got to get better you know, mm-hmm. if you want to, and that's what we're here to help. So either our website, a phone call to you guys, Hey, give me Kelly Schwartz's number uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. We're, we're just here to help.
1: Great. So, and I'll, and I'll make sure I include a cell phone number as well as um, the website in the show notes. Well, thank you. A special thanks Kelly for joining us today. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, this has been a growth in dentistry podcast. Uh, another special thanks to the marketing team at Dell Intelligence for producing this week after week. We're grateful for all the things that they do behind the scenes. Um, I am Steve Jensen. Keep growing.